Hey, you're listening to Gutter Trash, episode 377, Valiant's Shadow Man, by Justin Jordan and Patrick Zercher. Right now, you're listening to the sweet, sexy sounds of smooth jazz saxophone, and my name is Eric. And I am Jason. Hello, Jason. Hello, Eric. How are you this fine day? Smooth. Of course you are. (laughs) Very relaxing. It's very very nice. I feel like I just got, you know, massaged by uh, a sexy caveman. (laughs) Like like Captain Caveman Mm -hmm. and Barry Manilow. Together or if they're, they had a baby, the one dude. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I did just leave meditation right before I came here, so I do feel very relaxed. Well, that's cool. I just played Grand Theft Auto before you showed up, so <laughs> I also feel very relaxed. It's kind of a meditation, really. A I mean. Bit. I would describe that as a meditation. I've, I've played that before and it's like a zen thing because there's no, for me, there was never like a goal, like I had to do certain things. Right. It was just like, whatever happens, happens. Right. I just like to drive around and drive real fast and run into people and then occasionally get out and start shooting people. And then you get home and you play Grand Theft Auto. Yep. Uh, I've had many trips home that Kind of describe but, how I feel. Right. Like, it, it was like three fourths of that experience, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully you've never actually murdered anyone during road rage. I have not yet. Can't rule it out entirely, as as you know, impossible. You know, it's 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 possible. It's happening. It's it's not likely. But it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I don't handle things well sometimes. Well, sometimes drivers uh, bring out the worst of me. Like, yeah. Like, I don't mean you specifically. I mean, like, I'm a pretty mellow dude, but sometimes, sure. sometimes when I'm driving, if someone's driving like an idiot, like riding my ass or whatever, yeah. I, it just like flicks a switch. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't even have to, like, you know, boil over it and, like, you know, think about it for traffic light after traffic light if they're still behind me. I mean, it's just instantaneous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it actually reminds me, I saw I saw this thing online, like a meme quote thing, whatever, you know, and it was, uh, it was this, this phrase, and it was like, if you run into an asshole, you've run into an asshole. If you run into multiple assholes, then you're the asshole. And I read that and I was like, well, clearly this is a person who has never worked customer service or been out in public. Because <laughs> <laughs> people are assholes. They certainly can be. Yeah. You know. Even even children are assholes. Uh, I I went to get a pizza the other night. Uh, 
And as I walked to the door, there was a, a, an older lady uh, coming out, and she had like a large pizza and like a two liter of pop, and a very small woman, and, and had her hands full. So I thought, oh, I'm certainly gonna let this woman come out first, you know. And so I opened the door and held it open for her to leave before I walked in. And as I did that, this little fucking piece of shit kid, like, barged in and nearly knocked her over. Right. And then cut in line. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was like, yes. <laughs> Just, yeah. So, so assholes are not training their kids to be assholes, too. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know. <clears throat> I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of that is, uh, Inevitable because you know when you're a kid you just kind of you know you learn from what you see. Sure, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. Role models who needs them? That's why we had Blackie Lawless and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Ozzy and all those guys as role models when we yeah, were kids. They were, they were respectful dudes. Yeah, they were awesome. <laughs> uh, that actually uh, reminds me of something else I saw online. Uh, I know I've played them for you before, but uh, there's a band called Steel Panther. Okay, yeah, they're 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 a comedy band, and, and uh, they're they're very in the vein of like '80s hair metal. Uh, and every single one of their songs, they're not clever, and and I would say to a point, not even all that funny, but clearly like they have their thing that they're doing, right? And it's you know. It's not even sexual innuendo, it's just sexual. I know I've heard them, but I honestly can't, like, I can't hear one of their tunes in my head. Well, sure. Yeah. It's just generic 80s yeah. hair metal, sure. just with extra crude lyrics okay. and just, just over-the-top offensiveness, you right. know. Uh, but, you know, I will admit that I'm not a fan, but what they do, they're very good at what they're doing, right. you know, which is being offensive and being maybe hair metal. Uh, so I saw that they had partnered with a uh, like a guitar tech company to, to put out some like you know uh, products for for guitars and like pedals and oh. stuff like that. And so they started selling a pedal called the Pussy Melter, so that. And I quote, paraphrase, uh, you get tone as wet as the ladies in the front row. And so crude. Sure. Not really all that clever. No, but kind of funny. Kind of funny. Uh, people are freaking the fuck out, and so the guitar company had to uh, pull that product from their website. Well, who could take that seriously? Right? It's like, I was actually showing my wife yesterday some comics by Johnny Ryan, and uh, I was like, I was like, probably the comic equivalent of, of the Pussy Melter. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I told her, like, I gave her an issue of Angry Youth Comics, and I said, hey, honey, I want you to open this up to any page whatsoever. You have done this to me as yeah, well. Yeah, it's a yeah. test. Yeah, I'm like, and open it up and read the four panels on these two pages and, and, and try not to laugh. Right. And she couldn't. <laughs> she opened it and she read the first, the first one. She was like, well, I don't get this one because it's a math joke. <laughs> and, it, and it was, it was like, it was like a super vulgar math joke. And then the next one though, she was like, ha! Ah! It was like some three humped camel that was like fucking something. I don't know. 
But she was like, that's really funny. Right. And to me, his like his stuff is so absurd that I don't understand how you can be offended by it. Right. Like, it's clearly, it has all the elements of an offensive cartoon. Yeah. But it has so many of them and takes it so far that it's clearly just, it, like, the joke's on you if you don't think it's funny. Right. You know? Right. And it sounds to me like the Pussy Melter is the same thing. I absolutely agree. Yeah. It's, it's just, like, even knowing just the slightest context of, of what Steel Panther is, like, right. Just be like, okay, whatever. You know, just ignore it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like, like I don't like Johnny Ryan myself, but you know, right? I know what it is, and like, there's nothing that I could look at and read of his that would be like, that's offensive. Yeah, because yeah, of course, that's what he's trying for. Yeah, but like, it is so ridiculous and so over the top. Oh yeah, like if. Yeah. So if David Lee Roth put out a, a effects pedal called the Pussy Melter, I'd be like, that guy's an idiot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because clearly he would be 100% serious. Right. You know? And also, he's an idiot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, I, I mean, st- I still kind of love him. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. But, I mean, he is he is the hair metal of Clovenaut, the clown. Oh, yeah. That is why he is Dr. Roxo <laughs> on Metal That's true. I always forget that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, if one of those guys, like, an, an actual, like, you know, like, trickster or whatever put out the pussy mother, you'd be yeah. like, like, okay, guys, it's just a little, little much. But Steel right. Panther doing it, you know, exactly. it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, wow. People get offended. But I think people kind of secretly are looking for something to, like, direct their life rage at. I'm sure. So, yeah. like, they do get offended by things that they probably, deep down, know they shouldn't. Right. Like, I mean... Like, like, I get, you know, certain things can be, you know, very problematic or very offensive. Like, I understand that. But, like, you know, especially, like, you know, in sort of the culture where, where a lot of things are now just being called out because of that. And mm-hmm. I'm fine with that, you know, if it's a legitimate thing. Sure. You know, but it's just four stupid dudes <laughs> who have been doing this for, like, 15 years. Right. You know, they've never made any sort of secret about what they are. You know, they're they're definitely not, you know, spearheading the Me Too campaign while also putting out the Pussy Belter. Sure. They're just riffing on, you know, a 30-year-old musical genre. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, and that, and like, I could totally see that being like on a t-shirt on, you know, Sebastian Box. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I I love that whole era of music. Sure, I I think it's some of my favorite uh, music as far as nostalgia goes in this world. But it clearly is dumb. Yeah, and uh, it clearly was sexist and offensive. Oh yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, it it basically like like not to get too heady here, but I think any sort of art that's offensive, it is just kind of a reflection of its time. I mean, I mean, you look at like. 1900s comics by Windsor McKay and it's like the most horribly offensive racist shit but I don't think Windsor McKay invented that and I don't think him drawing it in a comic perpetuated it I I think it just like art is a reflection of your surroundings and your time and if people are offended by it then art is doing its job I mean imagine the stuff that you and I do like you know in 40 years what people will find offensive about it oh yeah you know well, I find 80% of what you do offensive now. Well, yeah, likewise. 
you know, especially the stuff that you're doing for Sparkle. <laughs> uh, but that's more of a just a moral thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, um, but no, yeah, you're, I mean, it's like uh, in DC, you know, is supposed to be releasing a uh, a Shazam story from the 40s called the Monster Society of Evil. Oh yeah, you were telling me about that. Yeah, which is like one of the first long-running serialized stories in comics that ran for like two years across that's, like 20 issues. That's crazy. That was like in the 40s? Yeah. 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 Uh, and it hasn't been printed or reprinted up until this point in time because there are a lot of racist stereotypes throughout the story. Right. Yeah, probably mostly Japanese. I would guess for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that seemed pretty prevalent, even on like old Looney Tunes and DC comic oh, yeah. covers. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like like Warner Brothers released like the Looney Tunes, uh, some of that era, you know, batch of cartoons, and they put like a warning, you know, in the front of it. it was like this hey, is a historical relic, you know, right? Some of it's offensive, you know, but it was the time, you know? yeah, and. Not that I think that forgives any of it, but you know it does. At least to me, sort of like, well, they're at least acknowledging. It's yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, I'm sure, people still are upset that that happened. But yeah. so DC is putting out this Shazam collection, but no, they're changing anything. Oh. Or I know apparently, like there will be some essays included in it. So I'm sure someone will be like, hey. Did, did, they, did they pay? Did they have Kurt Swan redraw all the heads, all the faces? <laughs> it was Murphy Anderson, I believe. He <laughs> redrew all of uh, Jack Kirby. Oh, was it? I thought it was Kurt Swan. No, I think it was Murphy oh, okay. Anderson. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think that's. I mean, I, I think stuff like that's fine. Like, like obviously, if someone's putting out stuff like that as a means of propaganda, right? Then that's one thing. But whenever it's just like, here's, you know, here's. This is the 1940s. You know, right, this yeah. is the era I live in. I'm drawing artwork about it. And right. I don't know. I don't. I don't really. I don't really think anything wrong with with, with artwork that depicts racial stereotypes or you know just problems in society because it's art. Right. It's, you know, it's expressive. I would much rather see you know like even Will Eisner like with with his ebony character, oh, yeah. from the spirit. You know, like like I would rather see. You know that stuff reprinted with you know sort of a you know hey a disclaimer you know, right. this is a thing you know is yeah I mean rather well, than like change it yeah you know oh yeah I yeah Will Eisner's one of my absolute favorites but every time I've ever seen Ebony ever other yeah. than maybe like in the the Darwin Cook series where it was updated a little, right but every other time I've ever seen Ebony I'm just always like ooh like yeah, the first right. time I see it I kind of always forget right. yeah <laughs> and, and you know like like to bring it like closer to home, you know, like I remember you have a story in one of your Veggie Dog Saturn comics mm -hmm. about a little statuette that your mom had, oh, yeah. you know, of a very racist, you know, caricature. And, yeah. But, you know, it's not like you're calling out your mom for just being a racist bitch, you know, like, like it's right. just a thing that she had. That and, it, and, and it's like, I mean, to me it is racist, but it's it's like more subtly racist than some of those like DC covers. Oh, like yeah, like yeah. it's like it literally is a African American kid eating a watermelon. Right. But it's not like 
like the way it's sculpted isn't any sort of exaggeration. Right. Like it's just like that's what it is. Yeah. That's what you're seeing. But it's not like in my mind if someone says that, I picture like the most like Mort Drucker looking, like exaggerated right. character. And I'm like, uh but and and what's funny, I'm not gonna say who, but I recently was at one of my friends' house and he had a very similar and he's he's older than me, so he's not as old as my mom, but he's you know, older than me. I didn't ask if it was his or his parents, but he had a similar thing on on a shelf in uh, his house. And I don't think this dude's racist at all. Right. But, you know, it's just like, sometimes you don't think of that element of it. I mean, you're just like, I've had this, like, I've seen this since I was a child. And it's, right. Like, I have nostalgia for this particular item, not for, like, its cultural significance. Right. You know? right, right. So, it, it is a tough... I mean, you know, I, I realize I've been offended by things that I'm sure other people have before, and, you know, a lot of times it's blown out of proportion, I think. But at the same time, <clears throat> you know, we we all do sort of share this earth, and it's nice to like, not go out of your way to disinclude anyone. No, of course not, you know. But, you know, also, going back to the pussy culture thing, you know, just, you know, not everything is for everyone. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, like, you know, ultimately it comes down to, you know, like, you're allowed to just not like a thing. Yeah. And, and move on. There right. are plenty of other things out there for you to oh my, like. Oh my gosh. We have this, this white guy that, that shops at my work that was complaining about how it's, it's, it's okay to be a white guy. You know, like, I shouldn't have to apologize for being a white guy and for right. liking the things I like and I shouldn't have be getting shit every time I like complain about something that's you know not a white guy thing and I was like what? and so basically he was you know, he was shitting on the uh, the Jane Foster Thor right and uh and how you know it's just terrible that it's called Thor and it's terrible that there's all these Jane Foster Thor comics and what a waste of paper and I'm just you know it's just a version of this thing that there's Thousands of comics you could read where it is a white guy. Right. Just yeah. fucking read one of those. Right. And exactly. And and also now again a white guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he still doesn't like that because he said the art's terrible and hates Jason Aaron too. So. So, you, can't, you can't win with, with old white people. No. So I'm gonna go ahead and just pick my next comic. It's the entire <laughs> run of the Jane Foster Thor. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> no. I, I, I would actually like to read that, but probably not all at once. Yeah, same. <coughs> yeah. yeah. I, I would actually. I'm, I'm very interested in reading it, but I just haven't gotten around. Or... How also, many, how many issues? There's probably like 50. I have no idea. Didn't it restart like three different times I, while I, she was Thor? And, there's got to be at least 706 of them, <laughs> because I know that there's a 706 that features her. <laughs> Because Marvel makes it easy to keep track of Sure, numbers. sure, yeah. And, and is that volume one or volume eight? <laughs> oh my god. Or, uh, you know. Well, it's by the same creative team, so it's gotta oh, be okay. the same. <laughs> is it, is it volume two from 2014 or is it no. volume three from 2014 that came out <laughs> a month after the final issue of the first one? Both by Aaron and Dodderman. Right, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Comics. <laughs> no. Like, I've actually seen they're the Ollie's, you know, uh, bargain outlet place has uh, like a bunch of Marvel and DC trades and hardcovers and all that 
And they have a Thor one there, and I have thought about buying it, but I don't know which, which one, one it is. It might yeah. not be the first one. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I've just ignored it. It's reading, also reading books. Reading comics is hard, if you, especially if you read Marvel or DC. Right. Like, it used to be kind of easy. Yeah. It actually used to be easier to read Marvel and DC because they were the only ones you could find everywhere. Right. But now you can find any comic everywhere, and Marvel and DC makes it very confusing and complex to keep up with oh, what, yeah. what's happening. Right? Yeah. What, like it, what series you're buying. I was trying to organize some Daredevil comics, and it was just like, okay, so I have issue 119, but that goes into issue 500 of volume 1. And then it goes back to number 1 after 40 issues. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, then, like, at 513, it becomes Black Panther, and then <laughs> That's Daredevil right. becomes, you know, volume 3. <laughs> it's so... It's so... Right. Poorly thought out yeah. on marketing wise. Yeah. And then now it's at like issue 605, and then probably going to be rebooted again in like three months. Oh, yeah. yeah. Probably. Yeah. <sighs> well, it's a good thing that there are alternative comic companies out there. That's true. Such as Valiant Comics. And, uh, and you know what? Uh, some, of, some of their comics uh, even feature uh, people of color in the, the lead roles. Right. Yeah. Such as Shadow Man. That's right. And we read that. We did read that. Shadow Man Birthrights from yeah. Valiant Comics. The, uh, what we guess, 2012-ish I series? Think, I think we decided that. I, yeah. I, honestly, I thought it was a little bit older. But you're right. It, it is newer. Yeah. Maybe it, because I, I don't think uh, Valiant uh, really rebooted uh, until like 2010 or 11. Okay. Because I remember like Exo Manowar, I think, was one of their first, like, hey, we're coming back as a, a thing now. And that's when I started ordering from uh, Discount Complex Service at the time. And because uh, I got. I collected Exo for a couple issues, and, and that was. Really, the only one that I had a lot of interest in, right? Of the newer ones, of the newer ones. But but since then, they brought back uh, Shadow Man and uh, Harbinger, Faith, uh, Archer and Armstrong, Archer and Armstrong. I do have a couple of Archer and Armstrongs because David LaFuente and Mike Norton. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Bloodshot's got Bloodshot. Jeff Lemire. Yeah, yeah. Ready. Did Matt Kent do a bunch yeah, of stuff with him too? That's true. Yeah, he did. Uh, I think he did. Did he do Exo? I don't know if he did Exo or not. Uh, when I was reading Exo, I think it was Robert Diddy or something like mm-hmm. that. And Carrie Nord was the artist on it, and that's what I was really yeah. looking for. Um, and I know at this point, Shadow Man has been. Revived like three times already. Oh no, it's getting confusing. I know, right? <clears throat> uh, but but this is, I think, the first reboot of Shadow Man of the New Valiant era. Uh, writer Justin Jordan and artist uh, Patrick Zercher. Yeah, Justin Jordan, he's a uh, legend with Luther Strode, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, I really like it. It's, yeah. it's fun. As do I. And, and some of his other books are pretty good as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've enjoyed, uh, uh. Did you do Headlopper? Uh, huh? No, that's, uh, Andrew McLean. Oh, okay. Uh, he did, uh, Death of Love, mm-hmm. uh, recently. Mm-hmm. About, uh, basically evil cupids. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, uh, blah, 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 
something about family, something or other. Death of a family? No, that's that's a Batman storyline <laughs> from like four years ago. <laughs> Uh, then Patrick Zercher, he's, uh, he's done pretty much everything in comics at Captain this point. Captain America? Uh, yeah. probably. I don't know. Uh, His art looks very, like, issues of Captain America to me. I, I imagine that. I know Superman for a while. Uh, he's, he's doing a lot of DC stuff lately. Uh, some, some, uh, some, some Trinity, the, whatever that book was. One on one Superman, Batman. Um... I think he was on action for a while. Green Lantern here and there. So he's, he gets around. He does get around. Uh, he's been working for forever. Deadpool, I know he did that for a while. Uh, I remember seeing his art like in the late 90s on Iron Man at some point. So hmm. he, he, he's busy. Yeah. He keeps busy. Nice. Uh, which is weird because he was on Twitter like all the time. <laughs> Often just getting into fights with uh, some <laughs> terrible people on Twitter. Yeah. Like he's fighting the good fight then? I think so. Okay. For the most part. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's... Yeah. And occasionally he'll uh, post a poll and say, hey, who would you like me to draw? And then he'll draw whoever wins that poll. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then uh, some of them are pretty cool. And a lot of them are some pretty obscure characters that I always love. That's sweet. Yeah. Well, yeah. So... Have we... Okay, we did review a couple of volume books. Like we did Rye. We've done Rye for sure. Uh, like these are the 90s ones. Those, those are the original, yeah. yeah. I don't think we've done anything else. Okay. Not that I can recall on Because I've reread a lot of 90s Valiant in the last year. Oh, you, you went through a big Valiant phase. Yeah, I, I reread, like... actually was surprised at how, how well some of it held up, like uh, Exo and Harbinger. Um, I, thought, I thought they were, like, Pretty solid, and Shadow Man. I read the Shadow Man from the nineties. Sure, like you know, it's you know, it's a little campy and goofy, but I kind of like that in my hero comics. Sure. So, um, so I, yeah, I was in this kind of valiant kick, and so the reason I chose this, I don't think I told you. So something interesting happened. I, as the listener may know, I worked. Did you go to the dead side. I did go to the dead side. Um, no, I I work at a comic book shop, and very recently, like a month ago. We got an email from Valiant, and they asked if if we were carrying their books, and if we had a time a moment to talk. Like they left a phone number. Okay. And so, uh, for some reason, I, I called it, <clears throat> and and I was like, I was like, yeah, we, you know, we've tried carrying some of the books, but they they honestly just don't sell very well. Like, um, like literally, we end up putting them in our dollar box after like six months because. Nobody ever buys like, like literally zero copies. Right. Um, other than we had one guy that was special ordering uh, Bloodshot for him. But um, so I told him I was like, yeah, unfortunately, you know, I, I like the characters of the company and we try to support whatever, but it, it just doesn't sell for us. And and so he said, well, he's like, how about he's like, do you think it would help if if you know we gave you some promotional supplies and like and like um, you know some some other tools and I was like well I don't, I don't know like what, what are you talking about and he said he said well he said we could send you a box of Valiant trade paperbacks for the staff to read and the ones you like you could talk up to customers and, or you know, do whatever you want with them right and I was like okay so they sent us like a dozen different Valiant volume ones for free nice and uh 
and this was one of them. And I was like, so that that was pretty fucking cool. Hell yeah. And I said, I, I'm going to definitely pick one of these for the show. And I, I took like three of them home, and I haven't I hadn't read any of them, but I decided on Shadow. Because there's... So... I want to start off with saying thank you very much, Valiant. That's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. And and a couple of the other guys that work there have borrowed books. And I haven't heard what they thought yet, but yeah. but we're gonna you know, see what happens. So that's cool. That is very cool. That actually reminds me of uh, ten years ago, or whatever. Uh, I was online and you know I was uh, posting on like the DC message board or something like that. And I'd heard a lot of good things about the Manhunter comic at the time. Oh, okay. So, like, I just wanted to post it. was like, hey, you know, somebody talk up Manhunter to me and convince me to buy it. And, uh, the, the writer of the book, Mark and Draco, said, hey, Eric, send me your address. I'll send you the first trade. <laughs> I remember this now. Yeah. I remember this happening. And, and I did. And he did. Yeah, you're not making this up. Yeah, yeah I remember this happening. Yeah. And, um, and I really liked it. And I started buying the book from that point on. Yeah, That's it's, pretty fucking cool. That, that is very cool when, yeah. when people do that for you. Uh, especially when they clearly don't have to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I mean, your story, it's kind of sad to me a little bit because I know that, like, no matter what they would have sent you, no matter what, like, just, Shop there probably still wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the comics market has gotten to a point where there's a portion of readers who can only afford to buy the books that they've always read and and they love those characters and that's all they're ever going to buy. Sure. Like, like, literally, we've had some file cards that are so yellowed with age that still say Captain America, Batman, Spider Man, the Hulk from like 1987. Right. And the same people still, <coughs> still buy those books and they haven't. Updated the card right. in thirty years or whatever. That that happens, and then there's newer stuff that's, you know, like either people invest in it because they think it's going to be a hot commodity, or it's something so different that you know they, they try it. Like, what is this weird thing? But for whatever reason, uh, we've never had any luck with the newer value stuff. Right. Well, I think also it's it's probably a thing where, I mean, there is definitely set in comic fandom where it's like well if it's not Marvel or DC I just don't want anything to do with it right whatever yeah and, and you know that's that's sad because you know, there's definitely a lot of good stuff that people are missing oh, yeah. by having that sure you know, mentality uh, I think a lot of people too that do have sort of a like a just a small familiarity with Valiant know that it's a hero universe and they're like well I've already got my hero universe if I'm not you know other than my Marvel my DC if I'm gonna read something else it's gonna be like something weird and funny right. or crazy or like a, like a crime comic or, or whatever like it's harder to get people to try a new like giant hero universe I can see that you know especially like, there's not a ton about balance I feel that like sets too far apart from anything that you read at Marvel or DC right. or even Image. Well, yeah, like, even in the 90s, like, rereading those Exos and Harbingers, like, they were a little more adult, and I don't mean there was, like, sex scenes. I just mean... Oh, well, not. Yeah. <laughs> there was just, you know, like, some of the heroes would throw around F-bombs or, or, or whatever, but not, like, not to the point where it was, like, just trying to be edgy and right. retarded. It was, it was, like, it was just, like, 
different enough, you know? Right. Like, just slightly different enough. It wasn't crazily over-exaggerated. But you could just tell there was, like, a different tone to those books. Yeah. And it did set them apart from, from Marvel and DC. Yeah. That's why, and that's one of the things I really like. I think, I think it makes those books hold up from an era that doesn't necessarily hold up that well. Right. And I think, you know, like, like you know, just looking at the core premises of, of a lot of their characters, like, I can definitely see stuff that's appealing about them. You mm-hmm. know, like, like, Shadow. Uh, Exo is... is Infinitely, you know, very compelling to me. Oh, yeah. Like, it just as a concept. Oh, like, yeah. It's uh, a pretty cool character. Yeah. And then, like, even, like, you know, Faith, you know, like, like, uh, yeah. heavy set superhero female character is, is very cool that they're, they're doing something like that. And Archer and Armstrong just looks like a farce, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, but. And Magnus has his little, little, t- uh, Pants on. That's from the nineties. Yeah, they, they, they no longer, they've updated that. They, they no longer publish uh, Magnus. Bring back the red trunks. They, 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 they're no longer in charge of Magnus. Oh, so you're gonna have to talk to Dynamite about that. Oh, I don't talk to Dynamite about anything. Okay, that's good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's that's another thing. I think that uh, I don't know if it's a setback or anything for for current Valiant comics, but. You know, like, like, along with, like, all the characters we've mentioned so far, you know, like, I do also associate Magnus and Turok, Turok and right. Dr. Solar. Uh, but, but those were all licensed from Gold Key, and, and the current volume no longer has that. Right. You know, so they, I do always forget that. Yeah. Like, in my mind, like, Solar would, would, is in that stack of trades that the right. guy sent, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not. Nope. Yeah. 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 Unless it was a mistake. <laughs> I do, uh, oddly enough, a couple months ago, I bought uh, all of uh, the uh, original, like, gold key Dr. Solar trades that Dark Horse put out a couple years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've been looking for the Magnus ones, but they're a little harder to find. Uh, but yeah, so, so Valiant no longer does those. So, so they're, all, they're all their own creator. All their own, yeah. well, not creator, yeah. but, but company created. Company. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and apparently making some headway on, on getting some sort of movies out there, like uh, Bloodshot, apparently, the yeah. with, with uh, Vin Diesel. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and, uh, the, uh, this sort of web series that was being talked about for a while for Ninjak. Oh, Ninja K. Ninja K. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the trades they sent us, too, yeah. was Ninja. I, I always thought it was Ninjak, but... Someone, I think they changed it. Someone pointed out it was Ninja K. Yeah. Uh, uh, it might have been the Valiant guy. Probably. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I think that's a recent change. Yeah. I really do. Because I think even when they brought that back, it was still Ninja. Right. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, none of those are, are the books we came here to talk about no, today. No. We came to talk about Shadowman. Shadowman. John Shadowman. Is that his name? I don't think so. It's uh, Jack. Jack Boniface. Yes, yeah. I guess. Or Boniface. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. We'll know when the movie comes out. I guess so. Um, so, yeah. So, so you mentioned you've read uh, the original show. Right? Yeah. And, and literally the only thing I remember about that is uh, the uh, Aerosmith crossover. <laughs> 
which sadly this uh, this four issue uh, series did not uh, have. Well, it was only the first four. Right? Well, that's might, true. That's might, true. Yeah. You know, Joe Perry could be lingering in issue five. <laughs> Who knows? I feel like he would hang out with the jaunty, the uh, the the voodoo monkey, voodoo monkey from, yeah. from the dead zone. Yeah, <laughs> or the dead place or whatever. It's dead, dead side. side. Dead side. Yeah, I think. I recall at one point in time I thought that Garth Ennis wrote some issues in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, uh, Shadow? Shadow Man. Really? Yeah. I did not know. Uh, I, I, I remember buying, but I don't think I ever read it. I'm curious about that. Yeah. Solid like Garth. I think Ashley Wood even drew some of them at the time. Weird. Some a lot like Ashley. Uh, I remember there being a Shadow Man video game around the same time. I do remember that, like, Acclaim got really into the video games, because yeah. my, uh, one of my former girlfriends had Turok, yep. the video game. Yeah. Uh, that one always confused me, how it turned Turok into a first-person shooter. Yeah, it was just weird. Kind of weird, yeah. And, and it became huge. Like, like uh, you know, I do my sketch day blog, and the other day, a couple of months ago, I was doing, like, old Valiant characters, oh, yeah. like, the gold key characters, and I decided to draw Turok, and when I looked up reference, it was just all video game oh, yeah. shots. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. And the foil covered in issue one. Oh, that's a great thing. <laughs> Bart Sears, his yeah, prime. I love that cover. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I remember renting the Shadow Man game from the Blockbuster. But it was from that era where he was more of a bald voodoo guy. Yeah, yeah, I I do. I'll I'll go ahead and say I do prefer the campier '90s Shadow Man, where where it was a little bit more like just odd and over the top, and he's got like a a living. uh, nanny named Nettie, who's a voodoo lady. And, sure. I mean, like, and of course, he was a sexy, smooth jazz, uh, jazz saxophone <laughs> yes, he player. Was. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, in this one, he, like, works at some sort of museum or yep. something. Yep. So let's just call that disappointment number one. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So this comic. I know, I, that's one of the reasons I wanted to put out front first. Like, I really do appreciate the fact that Valiant was calm enough to send me. This book is not good. It's not. And it makes me feel especially bad because I do follow and, and occasionally communicate with both Justin Jordan and Patrick Searcher online. Uh, and, and so, like, it's like... I felt coming into this with you that it was either going to be one of those things that we both just didn't like it or we both just felt completely blasé about it. Right. And, and either way, it was not going to be a great I'm, review. I'm, I'm like teetering on that edge between those two because I don't hate it. Yeah. It's just, it's just pretty right down the middle. Yeah. Like, there's nothing like overly like stylish or like a interesting perspective or like no like it's not funny it's not like scary it's just kind of like it it is kind of like just like a video game you know what it reminded me the most of oddly enough was 
mid-90s Wildcats. Okay. I can see that. Like, like, there's even, like, a dwarf character who's Docs. sort of in charge of everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. Know, monsters that just kind of look sort of generic demonish. Yeah. I will say this. I did, like, uh, sort of the... Not the main villain, but sort of the main uh, oh, adversary. Twist. Mr. Twist. Yeah. yeah. And he's cool. uh, he, well he, designed. He looks very cool. And I'm always a sucker for a monster in, in, in fine clothes. He's Yeah, he's got a white tailored suit <laughs> yeah. in the middle of it. Uh, so, so, you know, what, whatever, you know, whoever came up with that was definitely aiming right for, for my soft spot there. Um, but... Yeah, I did not find very much else interesting about right. this comic. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just kind of like, like I, I have a feeling that eight days from now, if you ask me about this, I won't even remember that I read it. Right? Like it's just, <clears throat> just blase. Just it's it's not bad. Like if one of my friends had done it, I'd be like, man, you did a good job. Like because it's like clearly, you know. The storytelling works. Right. The art like has good anatomy. Like, yep, yep. like there's nothing wrong with it. There's the guys who did it certainly knew what they were doing. Yeah. And certainly can do it well. Yeah, they, they clearly have the technical skills. Yes. Uh maybe their hurts weren't in it. I don't know. Yeah, because uh, I've like I said, Justin Jordan, man, Luther Strode was like so like interesting and unique and like fun and yep. weird. And this was none of those four words. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, like, the speck of a good idea here and there. Like, the guy certainly liked Jaunty, the, uh, the, the, the Loa monkey. I wanted to, but I didn't really care for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, like, you know, yeah, Mr. Dark, or whatever his name is. Master, Master Dark. Dark. Uh, who I know is, like, an old Valiant yeah. villain, but... And he was way cooler in the old series. Yeah, uh, but, but there was really nothing... Interesting about him. Yes, uh, it, it just kind of feels like so to me. In the '90s, Shadow Man was like this new character, and they were creating his his mythos as they put out the books. To me, what this feels like is that Shadow Man is now he's a property. Right. Like he's a video game. He's a character that's been around for 20 years. Like he's he's one of those corporate entities now yeah. that they can't really. They couldn't like stray too far with, or they didn't want to try too many weird things with, because he just seems like he always—I don't know—he just seems like hodgepodge, like homogenized enough that he's not—I don't—he's not interesting now. Right. Uh, I do know that at one point in time he was one of the highest-selling comic book characters in the country. Shadowman was. Yeah. Wow. Shocked me too when I heard that. Like, uh, like in the nineties? Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's Aerosmith's fault. Well, probably. Uh, but you know what else is Aerosmith's fault? Probably not appearing in this. Yeah. Imagine what we could have talked about I had know. Aerosmith shown up. Right? Like, just <laughs> once. Like, right. like, you would have just seen, like, their CD at a store <laughs> or something. Yeah. Or if they'd been the hungry ghosts in the dead side. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and honestly, like, I like, like, I, I personally have a, a pre-deliction, is that a word? For, like, kind of cartoony art, yeah. or, like, exaggerated art. And, like, this art is clearly good. This guy's talented. Like, he's, he's great. Yeah. But I do not like his artwork. Pers- personally, I just do not care for it. I get it. It's, it, 
you know, and, and I like his art too, and, and I, I, you know, have enjoyed, for the most part, reading him on Twitter and, and the, the occasional interaction with him. Uh, but, you know, his art's a little stiff in this. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not very bombastic or anything like that. Not that it has to be, but... There's just, yeah, there's just nothing about it that... Is it particularly attracting? It's like it's like it serves the purpose. It, it leans more towards the slightly realistic side of, of superhero yeah. comics, and that, that's my least favorite kind of artwork. Yeah, you and I both prefer more cartoony yeah, when, right. when it comes to that kind of thing. Uh, and so, yeah, there's there's just nothing about it that really grabs us. I feel, and, and again, it's like not that I think it's bad at all. Yeah, he's clearly a talented yeah. dude. Both both those guys. Yeah, and, and I would certainly you know read anything by you know read anything else by these guys. Yeah, uh, but but for some reason, just I mean, like honestly, like I can't remember too much about you know what actually happened in this book. Yeah, there's uh, there's you know. Like a lot of stuff that I basically just sort of like my eyes glaze over when I read about in superhero right. comics, like clans. And yeah, like demon clans. Yeah, and, it's just boring. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, Shadow Man has sort of a legacy kind of thing, like familial heritage passed down from right. you know this. And, he, and he's like kind of you know he's rebelling against his parents or whatever maybe this is geared towards ki- younger kids could be because he's like he finds out kind of information about his parents that maybe he you know would be better off not knowing and he doesn't like really want to follow in their footsteps and right. like he wants to disconnect from the heritage and maybe that's something like angsty teens would have appreciated more than us 40 year old dudes could be but you know I also feel like I've read that story told better like in various other you know superhero comics Uh, like like even the Black Panther movie I feel handles that sort of thing much better than than, than much more interestingly than Shadow Man did um but, you know, yeah, there's also that sort of aspect of, you know, oh, my whole life is a lie, you know. Right. It's just, you know, gone. Right, yeah, it's just sort of stuff we've all read a hundred times, you know. And it's, I think I would have liked it a lot if there would have just been, like, maybe, like, every maybe every half dozen pages, there would have been something funny that happened. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, it was just kind of joyless. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know Justin Jordan is a pretty funny guy. Yeah. You know, even... Like through all the brutal violence of like Luther Strode, like there were parts of it that were also just kind of hilarious. Right. You know? Um. And you know. So yeah, like like, I don't know whether it was, you know, like you said, because it is a corporate entity of some sort. Like like you know, it was very watered down. I mean, yeah, like. I don't know, because, so the path of a corporate character usually takes, you know, it usually starts off, you know, where they come up with a character, and then for a while it's kind of stagnant, and then after a longer while, they get to do more interesting things with them because it's established and they can pull it in different directions right. and let it snap back. But I think maybe he's just in the phase where, like, 
Like he's new enough that they're not wanting to stray too far yet. Right. But he's old enough that like you know, like they're done like kind of cultivating his his mythos. Right. So he's just kind of in this like middle ground where there's not much happening with him. Like, because if you read a Batman book now, you can say, like, oh, well, Sam Keith's gonna do the Batman Max thing. That's right. gonna be crazy and weird. Right. Um, well, Batman, you know, the game at this point is established. Yeah. You can almost do any kind of right. story with Batman. And then it's always gonna snap back to your, your monthly titles, the exactly. status quo. Yep. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I just... I was just disappointed. And I think... Yeah. yeah. I think knowing that I really like the Shadowman books that I'd read, like, a few months ago from the 90s that I reread and I really like Justin Jordan and I really was excited by the fact that this Valiant uh, representative whose name I can't remember and I apologize but he uh, you know he was cool enough to do this for us all these things were like giving me excitement about it and I think just the actual product was was not as exciting as any of those three things Uh, you know like like Again, with like every Valiant character, like there there are definitely aspects to it that I want to like. Like I can definitely pick out, like oh, that is a really cool thing, you know. And boy, with the right story, that could be awesome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, with this one, it just he doesn't play the saxophone. He does not play the saxophone. I'm not kidding. That was one of the cool things. That that is, it really is. Um, I mean, yeah, in the first soon the '90s when he's like, he's like playing saxophone and this hot girl's at the club and she sees him and he like invites her back to you know hang out and she invites him to her house so they like they get they have drinks and he's drugged and he like he's like can't really move and then she becomes this crazy vampire lady and like attacks him and then he, he wakes up in the morning and stumbles home and on his way home he finds this crazy voodoo mask and he's compelled to put it on and he gets home and he talks to Nettie and she's like you know shadows the voodoo word for soul and like you know you're this you're the shadow man and then like then he like fights these rednecks that have a gator farm with kidnapped girls it's fucking crazy Aerosmith's there and and like it's awesome I don't know if it's just because you were talking really fast uh, but that sounded amazing <laughs> uh, and he plays saxophone and he plays saxophone uh, but with this one it's like he, he works as like a janitor at a museum and He's got like a locket that he throws into the ocean, and that gives him his powers. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, so that is what happens. Like he gets rid of this locket that I guess his parents gave him to protect him from these evil forces. Right. And once that's gone, um, the the elements of evil that are out there are made aware of his presence because it's no longer protecting him. Right. And that's how your story starts. Where like, um, and like maybe the one cool thing I like about this story was how um, the uh, Mr. Twist or whatever his name is, like, kind of initiates humans into, like, helping him. He, like, shoots these crazy, sluggy monsters down the throats of these cops. Yeah. And now these cops are, like, monster cops that are following around. Yeah. That was, like, the only element that I think was really interesting about the, about the story. I agree. And, and, like I said, I like Mr. Twist, but, but there was just not a lot else about this that I really liked. Right. Uh, and, and again, it's not like I disliked it, it's just, it was so, so well-tread, right. that, like, you know, did not really make that much of an impression on me at all. It's, yeah, it's just kind of right in the middle. Like I said, I'm sure, in a couple of weeks, if you mentioned Mr. Twist, I'll be like, talking right. about Chubby Checker? Right. Like, yeah, what, are you, yeah. what are you talking about? Uh, so, interestingly enough, and just, like, one of those weird... Coincidences. 
So I follow both of the, the, the two main creators like on various social media. Uh, Justin Jordan himself, a few days ago, just randomly just posted his initial pitch for Shadow Man. Oh, really? Which got him this job. Huh. And it is completely different. Huh. Uh, and everything that he described sounded like something I would much rather have read. What did he say? <clears throat> so apparently his initial pitch for this book was that... Uh, Shadow Man is an urban legend. And, like, just the people of New Orleans are just always talking about you know, the Shadow Man. And he's, like, this sort of protector of, like, the homeless and the, the disenfranchised. And, uh, you know, he has been for, for decades. And, uh, you know, he's just, you know, uh, the champion of the downtrodden. But Shadow Man doesn't exist at all. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, one day... The main character Jack Boniface Bonifacio, whatever, uh, <laughs> happens to die publicly uh, in uh, a very specific way that happens to fit the whole myth that people are always talking about with Shadow Man, and that because of that and the power of people believing like that Shadow Man does exist. He actually physically does become Shadow Man. Huh. Okay. And, and you know, has to basically start filling that role. Hmm. That's interesting. It sounds way more interesting than yeah. pretty much anything that happened in this book, yeah. unfortunately. Right. So, I mean, that may have been good, may have been bad, but... It, yeah, but, but concept-wise... Right. You it's, know, it's more intriguing. It is definitely more intriguing. You know, it de definitely has more of a hook than... Like, he's there. Right, yeah. His dad was Shadow Man, I guess. Maybe he died. <laughs> yeah. And the Wildcats were formed. Yeah, and this, and this, like, leaves us with, like... It's not quite a cliffhanger, but, like, just a few pages before the end of the book, you think Master Dark is gonna come through the portal and unleash Havoc, and then he's, he's just pretty easily stopped. Yeah. And then, like... At the very end, he's like, I'm gonna try again. And, like, that's kind of how it ends, and you're just like, huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it doesn't help that the, these four issues are all pretty much just origin setup. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't really become Shadow Man until the last two issues, I guess. Yeah. Like, he does in the first issue or so, of, of sorts, but uh, not, does he? I can't remember. Yeah, like, like once he throws away the amulet or whatever. But, but it's for a short period of time and he doesn't remember anything that happened. Like, said, it's like, yeah. It takes like another two issues for him to get his shit together with the help of you know, Jacob Marlowe and, uh, and uh, Voodoo. Alyssa, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Docs and Alyssa. See, I do remember their names now, but in a week I won't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, So I am going to try not not as a good trash pick, but I'm going to try one more of the Valiant trades. I'm, I'm toggling between either EXO, Bloodshot, or Unity. They all look yeah. mildly interesting. Yeah. Um, and uh, maybe I'll I'll let us know. Yeah, I think of them are good. Be very interested. I did read like the first couple issues of EXO. Mm -hmm. They were okay. Yeah. Uh, 
like them more for the arts than, than anything else. I might try Bloodshot just because I know I like Jeff Lemire. Sure. And uh, we'll see. And I liked that character from sure. way back. Sure. So we'll see. But, but, but as we learned uh, several months ago, not, not everything Jeff Lemire does is... That's true. Is, is yeah. Gold, so. Yeah. yeah. So I wish you luck. Or Matt Kent did something too. Maybe yeah, one of his. Yeah. Does he do Unity? Unity Four Thousand. Maybe. Yeah, I know. He, I think he did two different ones in our batch because yeah. I remember seeing his name twice. All right. Well, we need to take a break. Yeah. Shadow. Shadow. A shadow. Shadow. Supernatural. Shadow. Shadow. Shadow, Shadow. Shadow, Shadow. Shadow. the new uh, name of our show, right? Huh? That's the new name of the show. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. I was hoping maybe we'd wait till episode 400 to, to uh, name change, but that's fine. I'm yeah. good now. I'm good now. Uh, yeah. When you have something gold, you can't sit on it. No. You gotta, I mean, nobody else is going to use it, so right. might as well be us. <laughs> He's pussy, I am Melter. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oops. Yeah. As well, uh, so other than 
the Shadowman book. I've I've read some some fun books. So um, I unearthed somebody. Somebody came in Mavericks and donated a bunch of old nineties, eighties, and nineties DC comics. Sure, as you're well aware. <laughs> yep. So me and you each took a stack of them home. Yeah. And I I read uh, the first Giffen Demetrius. De How do you say his name? Demetrius. Demetrius. I guess. Yeah. So I read the first one of those I'd read in decades. Yeah. It was like a Justice League International with um, you know, Mr. Miracle and Blue Beetle and the whole crew. And it was pretty good. It was yeah. funny. Right. It was. It was like when uh, the, um, this like team of like third rate villains was starting the Injustice League. Sure. And it was just. It was pretty funny. Yeah. I liked it. I'm a. Uh, you know, like unabashed uh, big fan of of that run. Oh yeah, uh, I think it's it's by far one of my favorite runs in all of comics it's altogether. Yeah. Kevin McGuire, I think, draws better like, facial expressions than maybe anyone else in the world of superheroes. I would agree with that entirely. Yeah, he's awesome. Like, there's one page where Guy Gardner is trying to bug Mister Miracle, and it's like a nine-panel or maybe twelve-panel grid. Wow! And it's just they're they're two faces on every panel, <laughs> like the same exact like you know camera position, if you will. Right. And like every single panel has a completely different expression on all of both of their faces. Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah. He, he's great. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I love that run of the Justice League. Uh, I, I definitely think it's one of the ones that made me, like, the hardcore comic fan that I am. Oh, yeah. Because I remember buying issue three of that book off the, the newsstands uh, and, and just fell in love with it entirely. And I didn't even know who. Other than Batman, like, right? You know, yeah. like in, in Captain Marvel, like I didn't know any of those characters. Oh, that was the cool. And, yeah, the cool thing about that, especially the international, like like the one I read, you know, there was no Batman or Aquaman or, yeah. or like you know, Martian Manhunter was like the most recognizable character, and this is like 1989, right. so he's probably not that recognizable to most people, right? So yeah, it was really cool. They're just trying whatever. You yep. know? But, but that is definitely the, the series that made me uh, fall in love with uh, the Blue Beetle for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. I, I can yeah. I can see why he yeah. was great, and uh, uh, I think Guy Gardner is pretty cool. Oh too. yeah, he's definitely my top two favorite Green Lanterns. Yeah. yeah. So Gnort and Gnort and Guy Gardner, <laughs> you uh, you laugh, not joking. <laughs> awesome, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I have fond memories of it. And, and still holds up pretty well. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. yeah, I was surprised. Like, I was like, well, for free, since this guy doesn't want these and we don't need them, right? I'll go ahead and take them. And I'll, I'll rate one or two of them. But no, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm down. <laughs> like, these are fun and weird and. And speaking of fun, the other thing I read was a new Jim Woodring graphic novel, oh. Poo- Poochie Town, came yeah. out. Yeah. And uh, it was awesome. Yeah. And my wife read Poochie Town to the boys, <laughs> giving them psychedelic nightmares for years, I'm sure. All right. Because <laughs> it's, it's like, like the coolest thing about his comics, which I'm sure we talked about before, but I love how like they could honestly read to anyone who's capable of recognizing pictures, because... Like, it doesn't matter 
how old you are or what language you speak. Like, you might not, you know, like, understand what's going on all the time. Like, I don't either. Right. But I, I kind of, like, feel like I, I, I get, you know, I get something out of it. Right. And you don't have to speak English or be, like, a child or an old person or what. It's just, like... It's just utter nonsense. <laughs> it's absurd and it's like <laughs> transcending. It's so weird. I love it. Like it, it's just like strange and thought provoking and cute and uh, disgusting all at the same time. Yeah, I just uh, I remember that I was not a fan of uh, his previous book. So yeah, which I one? Did, uh, we read was Oh, that's what we read. Okay, yeah. that was like three books ago. Okay, yeah, yeah. but still, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, can't deny that his art is immaculate. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, not a stray line in any way. It's perfect. Uh, I think he's one of those guys I think I, I don't ever want to see, like, an artist's edition for. You know, oh, either, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think I can handle the anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to be in Columbus for CXC this year. I know. I um, told you that. Yeah. I couldn't remember who told me that. Yeah. I, I knew I was told that. I thought maybe I had it in a, it came to me in a vision. <laughs> After reading Jim Woodruff comics on, on various forms of hallucinogens. Uh, I don't have particular hallucinogens. I just like green tea and, and the love of my friend Eric. Sure. That's what gets me off. <laughs> I mean, gets me high. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. Have you read anything good that we won't be reviewing? I have, actually. Uh, so, uh, years ago, when, when, uh, my, my ex broke up with me, she, uh, I guess it was like a parting gift? Huh. Other than, like, the seven or eight times that we hooked up past the breaking up? Yeah, that's a parting gift, too. Sure. Uh, but, but, uh, the physical parting gift that didn't hurt, uh, immediately afterwards was, uh, she gave me her tablet, uh, which, you know, uh, did, had a, like a nice pen, so I was using it for art for a little while. Uh, but for the most part, like, I've got my phone and I've got, you know, other stuff, so I, I didn't use it that much. And then, uh, I've been going to a lot of doctor's appointments lately, and, and so, you know, just sit in the waiting room, you know, a lot. So I started trying to read, and it's hard to read on my phone. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially as my vision is getting worse. Uh, so I decided to see if I could, you know, uh, I fired up, you know, that old tablet and then tried to convert it into a, uh, a reading machine. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, it was so old that uh, a lot of the programs and apps that, that uh, I like to use uh, were, were too new for, for that one oh, to wow. use. So uh, I dicked around with it and I figured out a way to upgrade it and so I finally got it upgraded and now it only has reading apps on it. Uh, one of those apps is called Hoopla. Okay, I've heard of Hoopla. Which is a, uh, a library app. You connect it to your, your local library and then you can download whatever. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And so I downloaded uh, and I have been reading the first uh... Tom King, uh, like 15 or so issues of his Batman run. Oh, okay. Uh, because... You want to gear up for the wedding. I wanted to gear up for the wedding. Uh, and, you know, after reading The Vision and, and Mr. Miracle, you know, like, uh, I think in the, the Vision episode I mentioned that I, I was not a huge fan of that first issue he did about right. 
but I wanted to give it a fair shake. Yeah, and uh, it grew on me like okay. a lot and fast. Uh, and then I think I'm. Uh, the, the one disappointing thing about it was uh, in the middle of the book it had uh, there was a crossover uh, the, the Night of the Monster Men oh yeah uh-huh. I remember. Uh, but it only has the Batman issues of that crossover yeah there is a separate trade just for that crossover yeah, yeah. so that was annoying yeah. uh, so once I figured out that uh, not that entire story was not Published in that one, I just skipped those oh. issues. What did it crossover with? Do you remember? Was uh, it Catwoman and Detective and Nightwing and yeah, you know, yeah, the, the main Bat books at the time, I guess. Uh, so yeah, that, that was obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, to the crossovers generally, yeah, to, to have each, like, part one and part seven, right? Like you know, so I ignored those. <laughs> uh, but that said, uh, you, you mentioned the wedding issue. I did buy issue fifty. Because of a sweet Art Adams uh, cover oh. that wasn't a hundred dollars to yeah, buy. Yeah, I know. I'm surprised. I figured his would be one of the rare yeah. ones. It usually is, mm-hmm. especially when it's a Marvel book variant. Yeah. Uh, so I, I bought it and I read it, and uh, while reading, you know, uh, this this first hardcover collection or whatever, uh, there's a lot of stuff set up in those first. 15 issues or so that totally pay off in that issue 50. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Huh. Like, a lot is just like... I mean... I feel like I read an issue like in this that like, word for word had very many of the same things that happened in issue 50. Wow. Yeah. And he seems like a guy that plays the long game. Yeah. Like, even his miniseries are 12 issues instead of 4 issues. Right, right. So, yeah. So, so that's been very good, actually. Uh, especially once you get past the, the David Finch issues. <laughs> Not fair. Um, and also, I've been uh, rereading Preacher. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's an entertainment. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, it's, you know, it's like seven of them or whatever. Right, right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I've, uh, the, the new season started. I watched uh, the first episode and decided that, uh, you know what? Every time uh, Preacher comes back on, on TV, I, I say to myself, man, this really makes me want to reread the books. It also makes me really not want to watch this TV show. And so I finally decided to pull the trigger on both of those things. Nice. So you're done watching the show? Oh, I'm totally done So that is show. this the third season? Yeah. Okay, yeah. wow. I was thinking of the second. Yeah. I've still never seen a single episode of the show. I think you're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't, like, run away from it like, if it happened to be on, but I, right. I shan't ever seek it out, I believe. Yeah. It's, it's just... Like, 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 I can honestly say that, you know, like, I'm a big fan of the comic. Uh, but, like, I've never felt like I was one of those fans of being like, oh, they change things out there, they, you know, you know, like, like, I'm fine with, you know, changing anything as long as it's still good. Yeah. Sure. Like, like, it could be something completely different, you know, still called Preacher, as long as it was still watchable and entertaining, like, I would be. 100% fine with it. Right. Uh, but it's just not good. 
Yeah. Just, just, just from a storytelling perspective, it's just not good. Right. Yeah. And, and also, it's sort of, you know, because Preacher was kind of a globe-trotting, you know, go-everywhere kind of comic, and, you know, that kind of thing. Clearly, see the TV show doesn't have the budget for that, so you know entire seasons are set in one location. Oh man! Whereas you know, like by issue five, they've already been in like six different cities. Yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. Maybe why Last Man is that? It's another book that that kind of travels all over. Yep. Hopefully, they can can do that right. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Like you know, I know Walking Dead. You know, also is one of those things where just. Clearly, they, they have a limited budget as to what they can do, and so, you know, but, but I felt like that one would like, tread too closely to the comics to be entertaining. Like, I, I want that, I guess, fine medium, right. where it's like, you know, it's enough to actually associate, but it's different enough to be interesting. Exactly, yeah, because, like, I've never been a guy that also wants to see direct translations right. of, you know... Oh, yeah, that's boring. Exactly. Like, well, I've already read this yeah, thing, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. I, someone told me that Animosity got picked up, too. Did you tell me that? Uh, no, I've not paid attention to Animosity I've, since I closed that book. <laughs> no, apparently it's been made into a film. Well, we'll see. Yeah. It's it an interesting be, idea. Exactly. Like, it could yeah. be much better yeah. as a film. Yeah. Because probably couldn't be much worse. Unless it's like one of those <laughs> Sharknado type of things. Like the direct to video ripoff of Sharknado. Right. It's like Shark Hurricane or something. <laughs> Dolphin a cane. Some other random things that nothing worth talking about. Cool. Um, well, anything else happening? Anything crazy? Do we? Do we... I don't think either of us have done any comic-related events since this book last. Not really. I think you went out of town for a weekend since the last time. Did I? I think so. Did the uh, camping trip thing? Oh or... yeah, yeah, camping. I watched the, the Mr. Rogers documentary. Oh, yeah. yeah. I want to see that. Uh, you know, pretty much uh, within like the first ten minutes, I started crying and then didn't stop for you know, two hours. Wow. So, sounds cathartic. Yeah. yeah. Like, was any of it like happy crying? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, like, it's never really sad crying at oh, all. Oh, okay. Like, cool. Yeah. So, it's just like heartwarming. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I mean, you know, like, towards the end, you know, obviously when he passes away, you know, but, but you know, it's still, you know, it, it still manages to be, you know, feel good. Right. You know, That's cool. Uh, <clears throat> and also, you know, one of those things that, uh, that you kind of watch and, uh, that I guess me specifically, that I kind of watch and, uh, you know, think to myself, well, I'm just a fucking monster. Who doesn't deserve to be in this world? Because no. Mr. Rogers would would want better things. No, Mr. Rogers would love you. 
He would sing to you while he changes his shoes. Yeah. Let you meet King Faraday. Yeah. Have a bright day while he's... Apparently it's King Friday. What? King Friday the 13th. Huh. Yeah. King Faraday is uh, a DC character. That's right. <laughs> You're right. No, it is Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Our guy Friday. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which which uh, also was made worse by the fact that uh, the two women who sat in my row talked through the entire movie, and I really had to fight the urge to yell at them because I'm watching, you know, <laughs> Mr. Rogers, Mr. Yeah. Rogers, you know, try to teach people how to be tolerant of others. Right? And, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's a lesson. That's like a that's like a lesson right there. It's right. like a challenge. <laughs> Is he speaking directly to me? It's a good thing you weren't high. <laughs> this, is, this is crazy. Uh, but yeah, uh, don't watch it with annoying people, and it's a great movie. Yeah, let's see it. Yeah. Well, I have done nothing else exciting either, so uh, if you want to pick a comic, or I can pick a comic. Uh, so, so, uh, this book that I'm gonna pick, uh, is one I've never read. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna guess you have. Okay. So, interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I, you, uh, also, is it the original Valiant Shadow? <laughs> it is not. Uh, but, but also, I'm guessing, just, just from what I know of you, if you have read it, uh, you probably do not own it anymore. Uh, but we'll, we'll find out, and, and who knows? You maybe even can tell me. I'm not sure. Ooh, this is all very exciting. <laughs> yeah, uh, I picked this up a couple of weeks ago at the last uh, Jim and Dan show, uh, and I would like to read uh, Goodbye Chunky Rice. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've never read it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, I'm surprised. Yeah, by uh, Craig Thompson. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I do not own it. Okay. I've, I've never owned it. Okay. I've never read it. I am legitimately 1,000% surprised right, by all that. any of that, yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's yeah. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah. All yeah. Right. So, so you know not vetoing it. Sure, yeah. Oh, not, okay. not, not vetoing. You don't seem excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guess we'll get into that. Okay. Sure. All right. All right. I'm not, definitely not going to veto it. Okay. All right. <laughs> but I can borrow your copy. Yes. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Once, once, once I read it. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Alrighty then. Well then. Uh, I guess that's uh, as good enough sign as any that uh, we should uh, get the hell out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, uh, I want to thank uh, Hank, the saxophonist, for for playing for us tonight. It was it was the bomb. Yeah. And, um, well, Think about having him back uh, at some other point, maybe if we review <laughs> Nightmare at some point. Or any other sex. Has there any other sex <sighs> There should be more for sure. I feel like. I feel like I've read saxophone playing comic book characters before. Right, right. I can't think of one. Guy Gardner? Did he play? We'll figure it out. Yeah. There are a lot of just straight up superheroes who have played I think there's a new Spider-Man comic where he plays guitar, like a punk rock Spider-Man. Oh, is that one of those Spider-Verse comics? Yeah. Or, 
Mm-hmm. And there was that Black Canary series where she was the front end of Punk oh, yeah. Band. That's yeah. right. Spider Gwen's and Spider Gwen's. She's Mary James. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, hey. yeah. <laughs> but but no saxophone. No oh, saxophone. Yeah. No. It's too bad. Yeah. All right then. Well, uh, goodbye, Chunky Rice. Goodbye, Chunky Rice. Thank you for listening to Gutter Trash. You can subscribe to the show from guttertrash.net or from iTunes and leave us a review. Visit guttertrash.net for email information and for other podcasts and websites in the Gutter Trash Network. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.